Okay. Anna and I are both school teachers, but Anna's a little bit tougher than me because she taught in Detroit. And, and this tough Detroit teacher has been weeping ever since we came back from Brazil because of what we saw there, the miracles and the anointing and everything. We're going to try to bring you quickly um, uh, and briefly some of the steps that we went through that you can use. And then over here in the corner, you're going to see some blue booklets. Uh, we put them together with all the information that we walked under that you can take home. But we ask you, we don't have very many. We ask that it's one booklet per family. But please take it home, and you're going to have the five steps that we're talking about. Uh, we had a prophetic word um, just before we left for Brazil that we would be coming back like the head of a train, and we would have many, 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 many cars behind that we would be bringing back this information back to COTS. And so here we are. Um, could I have Mark chapter 16 up? These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And, they will drink, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand. And what did the disciples do? They went right out, and they started praying and using all the authority that God had given them. There are two ways to that we were taught that would introduce and open up healing for people. One is a word of knowledge. And Anna's going to teach that. And then there's five steps that we went through. And Anna and I are going to take different steps and present it to you. Uh, a word of knowledge is something that God drops, just drops in your lap. I was on my way to Ann Arbor one time to go to um, a uh, treasure hunt. And I was supposed to get a word of knowledge that I could use when we walked into Myers, it had to be something that God said, I want you to look for when you go into Myers. And so I'm thinking all the way down the car to Ann Arbor, and I'm, I'm trying to conjure up, you know, something. And as I'm draw, driving and my mind is blank, I get the word George, curly hair, and boots. And I thought, where did that come from, and what does that mean? So I wrote it down. When I went to Myers, we waited all about half an hour, hour, and we never saw anybody with curly hair. So I was walking out with the team, and in walks a woman with curly hair, boots, and she's with the man. When we walked up to him, um, we introduced ourselves and said, may we uh, tell you what we got? And I showed them the paper that I had written two hours before, and I said, you've got the curly hair and the boots. Do you know a man named George? And she pointed to her husband, and this man said, I'm George. <laughs> that was a word of knowledge. That's what Anna is going to talk about. Hi. Um, so let me just give you the definition of the word of knowledge, and we're not going to make it lengthy. You have to remember that um, like Nancy said, you know, we took the class. It was a four-day intensive class, and um, <clears throat> we went all day except for um, our food breaks. So this is a sampler packet for you, and our hope is that um, this will intrigue you because, you know, we don't know where everyone is at in their walk, and so we hope that this intrigues you for you to search out 
more about healing, and there are many resources, and we'll be happy to help you with that afterwards um, and direct you in that manner. So on that note, a word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation given by the Holy Spirit outside of your own understanding or your own logic. And I will give you an example. And sometimes it doesn't have to be lengthy, and you have no idea what it means, like Nancy was saying. Um, so here's my experience in Brazil, which for me was kind of was, was cool. I got the unction that I needed to go pray for these three soldiers. Now, mind you, it's the end of the night. Everyone's laying on the floor, crying. I mean, it's it's for lack of better chaos, right? But in the spirit, which is great. So there are three soldiers way in the back there, and I'm walking to go to the bathroom, and God points them out to me. And they're standing, and I'm not a soldier, in the stance. Bob, what does this mean? Like they're... Okay, okay. But they're like, you know, emotionless, right? Motionless. And um, I'm like, oh, God. So... He's like, you need to go pray for them. And I'm like, oh. So I have no idea what to say or what to pray for, but I feel the unction to go over there. And God says, take Rudy. Now, I don't know Rudy. He's on our team. I, I don't know if I've ever said two words to him until that night. So I say, Rudy, would you like to come pray with me? He said, oh, okay. So we walk over there, and we're just praying in the spirit. Well, first we ask, is it okay if we pray for you? Because, you know, I'm afraid they might kill me. And um, they said, yeah, sure, sure. But they're motionless. Nothing's happening. And we're praying. I'm praying in the spirit. Rudy's praying in the spirit. And he says with the, to the interpreter, ask this one if he has a toothache. Now, Rudy's never had a word of knowledge before because I asked him afterwards. And he his face, you couldn't tell, he had a toothache in pain level 9 out of 10. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we're praying for him, gone. We'll go to the next one. And I'm just praying. And Rudy says, ask him if his foot hurts. You can't tell his foot hurts. <laughs> we're praying for him, healed. We go to the next one. We're praying for him, healed. Now, your part is, like my part was just I knew I had to go pray, I brought Rudy, and then he got the words of knowledge. And that was it. And words of knowledge are to encourage you that you hear correctly and a faith builder for them because they weren't going to tell us, but God told us, and it was a faith builder for them. Okay. So let me just go quickly over. There are seven common ways to get words of knowledge. And I'm just going to go over them quickly. One is you feel it, like you may have a toothache. Two is you see it in your mind. You may see something. Um, three is you read it, like this kind of sounds kind of weird, but there may be like a banner over Keith or a word, you know, on Keith's shirt in the spirit, not in the natural. It could be in the natural. So that's um, reading it. You think it. Like, I'm, a thought just comes. It's fleeting. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It could be just a word. Um, you say it. Now, this is like, I could be just talking to Nancy, and all of a sudden I'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, toothache. And she'll be like, oh, my gosh, I have a toothache. So it just tumbles out of your mouth. You're not, um, you're not thinking it. It's, 
um, not premeditated. Um, you dream it. So you may have a dream and you may experience it. Now, sometimes those two get there um, entangled. Like when you experience it, you could be having an open vision. So I could be standing here and I could see a 3D movie and I don't know, like a car accident or I see someone, you know, hobbling. So that's a word of knowledge in a 3D vision. And again, that's just really quick. Um, and so do you want to move on to the next one? Okay. Um, I was praying for a man named William. I had never really talked to him before, William and Joan. And uh, while I was talking, praying over him, I got the word conqueror. Now, what does that mean to anybody, conqueror? And I said, I'm going to say it anyway. I've learned, say it anyway. And he started laughing. He says, my name is William the Conqueror. <laughs> And so it finally made sense that that's kind of a joke with him. And God gave me that word conqueror. So that was a word of knowledge that didn't make any sense to me. Um, the five steps, could we have those up? This is what you're going to study now. The interview, the diagnosis, the prayer selection, the prayer ministry, and then the post-prayer suggestions. I'm going to take step one, the interview. Um, we were trained to always be humble, gentle, loving, and very sensitive to the person that you're talking to. The first person that I dealt with was a woman that had a, a demon and that we had to work with her and cast out. And the next time that we went to church there, this woman stood in front of me with this silly grin on her face. And she, she was so beautiful and so changed, I didn't recognize that was the woman that we administered to. That was powerful. Okay, so the, the interview is, um, I ask you your name. Then I ask you, what would you like to be prayed for? And how long have you had this condition? And do you know the cause? All this is going to be in your book, by the way. Do you know the cause? Have you seen a doctor? And what does the doctor have to say? And do you remember what happened in your life when this condition started? And if, if you think that it might have been really traumatic, like Pat and Teresa just had their car hit by a deer, that's a little traumatic. You can say, uh, what traumatic thing happened around the time that, that you got this? And all that is revealing to you, setting you up to know what the root cause is. And that is step two. That's what Anna's going to talk about. So one just parlays into the other. And um, the goal of the diagnosis is so um, that you can better pinpoint how to pray for them. And um, like Nancy was saying, you know, you're asking them questions, trying to pinpoint, like, for example, you know, perhaps you were in a car accident. Um, you know, was it your fault or was it the fault of someone else? Maybe you need forgiveness. Um, and you start there. You ask them to forgive and so on. Or um, maybe, um, so, okay, I suffer with headaches, so I, I can say this. So if you have a headache, maybe you lost your job, and that was when your headaches started. So you're trying to pinpoint the start of that. Or maybe um, 
your back hurt, and your back hurts because, again, maybe unforgiveness, or maybe you cheated someone. And these are just generalizations that um, Global has had success with. And, of course, this is the model that we've been using. You're more than welcome to use any other model, but this is the model that we use, the success that, you know, their fruit, their proven record, and it worked for us. And there are, again, a lot of other resources that you can go to. Um, again, you, you know, our prayer is that you're open to the possibilities of healing and the ways that there are, there are ways to heal. This is, again, the model that we use. I can't vouch for any other ministry and their models, but this is what we've used and this is what we've experienced. Um, and so we'll just, we'll go into the prayer Step three. What Anna Anna will do is find out if if a generational curse sometimes will bear what the person has or or an occult experience or even a curse. I found that, that some people have been cursed. Isn't that awful? Cursed by somebody, even if... uh, if they were a baby or a child and the father doesn't want the kid or vice versa, the word curses can stay on somebody. Step three, um, you start out with, in the name of Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, release your power to heal. Your, your, remember, it's not us. And, and this, the, these five steps have gone all over the world for years and years. It's powerful. And why? Because the Holy Spirit's doing it all. So I would say, in the name of Jesus, um, I, you, I might need to cast out a spirit. Um, say, for instance, um, the spirit of nicotine. So I would say, I, I would agree with the person. I would say to the person, um, if you had a spirit that you know was causing all the trouble, uh, would you want to keep it? And they always say no. And they say, well, then let's agree that we'll cast it out. Um, we've learned that you cannot ever deliver anybody unless you get their permission. If they stand there with their arms crossed and staring you down, you're not going to get anywhere. They have to want to give it up. So uh, I'd say that in the name of Jesus, we uh, we bind you up, you spirit of nicotine. You want to bind the spirit up right away. And then you loose it out. You demand in the name of Jesus that leave. And it can, And I always say, and you cannot come back. You go back where you came from. Uh, it might be pain, infirmary. Uh, what if it's a tumor? What do you want to do with it? You want it to shrivel up and dissolve uh, supernaturally. So you speak. You don't pray to God to do it. Jesus, in all, if you follow Jesus' healing, he never prayed to the Father. He always took his authority and commanded that tumor, commanded that spirit. So that's what we do. We've already asked the Holy Spirit to come and work with us, but we take our authority that Jesus gave us and we command that tumor to shrivel up and to dissolve. What if it's a spine? You remember I prayed for a spine and it totally healed. Uh, What if it's a spine? Uh, You speak to the spine and you lay your hands on it, and you say, in Jesus' name, be straight, be healed. Uh, what if it's um, a assignment of the enemy 
then you break off that assignment on the enemy. A lot of times um, I will be in bed and I'll feel that something has come against my kids. So I, I have the authority because the kids have told me I, I could do it. I have four kids. I just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, this day I break off all assignments on my children and on me and my husband. In the name of Jesus, they're, they're null and void. And so those enemies go, oh, darn, we've been found out. Um, well, if it's swelling, you uh, demand that the swelling leave. And, um, uh, and then let me go over my notes. And then step three, Anna's going to talk about, um, in Jesus' name, uh, the, the word of now, the, wait a minute, where am I? Well, anyhow, Anna, here you go. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, so we're, I'm doing step number four in the prayer ministry. So this is um, a little bit lengthier, but again, we'll just um, try to condense it for the sake of time. I do want to talk about a little bit, I'll give you an experience about praying and about deliverance, which I don't know where you're at, but that's way outside my comfort zone. But um, it wasn't outside of God's comfort zone. And most of the people that I prayed for got that because um, that's what they needed. And um, God is awesome. He is so awesome. I'm uh, shaking my boots, right? Like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But he had it all covered. And everything is fun in God. Everything is fun and amazing with the Father and with your teammates because they, they make it fun. Um, so what I want to say right now is this morning God gave me Proverbs um, 3, 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. And we so want to reason and logic our way out of what the Father is doing. Like Nancy said, oh, it can't be a demon. Okay, well, here's Mark 9:25. Um you're, you, deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out. So I didn't say it. God said it. So either it's true or it's not. And I don't mean to rattle you, um, but either the Bible is true or it's not. And this is my experience. And I pray that you will have an experience with a father that will take you to new heights because it is possible. That's why we're up here because it's possible it's not just a book. It happened. And that's my experience. And you don't have to go to Brazil to experience that. And that's what we want to encourage you is that it can happen in the U.S. It doesn't have to just happen in Brazil or anywhere else that um, Randy Clark goes. So step four, um, at this point, you know, you want to find your prayer selection and pray accordingly. Do they need deliverance? Do they need forgiveness? And, um, you always want, obviously, but reiterate, it's from the Father. So come, Holy Spirit. It's not you because it's not going to happen. I hate to tell you that. It's not you. It's the Father. And we learned that quickly <laughs> in Brazil. Like when they gave us uh, words of knowledge, we had a video, but it was just too long to play. But you're more than welcome to look it up on YouTube um, it's called Dr. Randy Clark, 2014, at Shalom TV. And words of knowledge, we got up there that night. There, He's like, all right, come on, get to words of knowledge. And I'm like, I don't have one. Oh. Um, but you're up there, and you're giving a word of knowledge, and, and you are walking the walk. So um, you rely on the Holy Spirit, like, oh, God, oh, God, 
I need a, you know, I need a word of knowledge. You don't want to work it up, but he provides. We just have to be sensitive to that. Okay, so um, you don't, when you're praying with someone, you don't have to be screaming. Oh, I'm not going to scream in here, but, you know, screaming like, come out or be healed. Because being louder or being softer makes no difference except for either they, they're going to tune you out because their ears hurt or they can't hear you. So just pray normal. Um, and when you're praying with them, this doesn't always happen, but our experience Ask them, you're always interviewing them as you're praying for them. Like, we'll be praying, and then we'll be interviewing. Are you feeling anything? Are you tingling? Are you feeling heat? So you need to be sensitive. And as you experience, or you have a team member who can help you, you will notice, like, okay, they're feeling heat. Like Pat was saying, I mean, you're like, you're on fire. And if you're going through menopause, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're on fire, and it's not natural from the inside out. and um, Or you're feeling tingling, which is not normal unless your foot's asleep. You know what I'm saying? So um, always keep checking as you're praying for signs that the Father is working. A lot of times, you know, he's going to heal them without anything. But you have to keep asking. And so we're always going to pray in Jesus' name. First important rule. Always pray in Jesus' name. It's not in your own strength. And I know I said that, but it's so important because you can caught up in stuff. And keep your prayer short or your command short. Like I said, are you feeling anything? Are you feeling better? You know, do you feel anything in your stomach? Did the pain move? That's a whole different thing because the pain doesn't want to go. It may be in this shoulder. Now maybe the other shoulder. So it's just moving, hoping that you're not going to be persistent. And, um... Here's the thing. When you're commanding things and you are resulting in a partial healing, don't give up. Keep praying. But there is, um, there is protocol. And, you know, if the person is just tired, then you need to stop. If they don't have enough faith and they just want to stop, you need to be respectful of that. And you need to stop. If, for example, now... We didn't say this, but if you're getting a word of knowledge and, for example, like I'll, I'll say, you know, I feel like your elbow is, you know, is there an elbow hurting and someone does stand up, then you can say, you know, I, I really felt like my elbow was hurting and, you know, since you stood up, is it okay that I pray for you? We're not going to force it on them because, again, we don't know where it's at. Even though you have the faith, we're not going to force it on them. Even we know God wants to heal them, we're not going to force it on them. We can just pray quietly to ourselves as they're walking away. Um, so that's manners. you got to mind your manners. And that's what it says in the booklet, mind your manners. Because you are a representative of God, of Jesus. As you're screaming at them, that doesn't make you any a stronger Christian. And Chris Valentine has a great message on that when he was doing deliverance. Um, okay. Let me see if I... I don't want to forget anything because there's so much, right? Excuse me one second here. Oh, 
So, you know, we prayed for two sisters, talking about persistence. We prayed for two sisters. And um, I'm not kidding you. The one, you know, we did the interview. We asked her what was wrong. And she told us she had stomach problems and she had this and she had that. And, you know, we asked her if it was a spirit. And she agreed. And we prayed. And I'm telling you, like, literally gone in, I don't know, three seconds. This is not exaggeration. Then her sister comes along. And we're praying for her. And she's expressionless again and we're interviewing her and she's really not you know giving us any information we're praying we get a word of knowledge like the three of us and we're praying we're praying and we can feel this resistance and we're praying then we ask the sister if she could interpret for us and she does and she when as soon as you could tell like there was a shift she started to relax and we prayed again asking the same questions again so instead of three seconds, it took five minutes, but it worked. <laughs> and she was completely, like, the countenance on her face totally changed, and she felt, you know, she was healed. So it's persistence, but we had to, you know, ask again. Um, sometimes they don't want to reveal all their stuff, which is fine. You just have to pray. It's not your responsibility to pull it out of them. And it's not your responsibility if they don't get healed. You are just the messenger, the vessel. Um, and which we do everything in love. You know, we didn't yell at her. We didn't get angry with her. We didn't like shake her and say, look at your sister. You do everything, <laughs> right? You do everything in love. I mean, your heart wants to, you know, wants them to be healed. Your heart wants them to be free. I mean, I was telling everyone, I came all the way to Brazil for you because God had a plan and a purpose for both of us. You know, you got healed and I got touched. So um, you do it in love. Everything is in love. Mm -hmm. God is love. That's right. And I think, and again, um, just, you know, stop, obviously, <laughs> if they're completely healed and um, stop if the person wants you to stop because it does happen, believe it or not. They do want you to stop. Stop when the Holy Spirit tells you to stop. Okay, that's important. Stop when the Holy Spirit tells you to stop. Um, or honestly, when you're not gaining any ground. There was a girl who had gone on the, tr the week before us, had gone on the trip a week before us because there's consecutive trips set up. And she had prayed for a blind man for five hours. She wanted to stop. But she play, prayed for him for five hours. Nothing happened. So she went home, flew back home to the U.S. And three days later, the blind man got his sight back. So he told the pastor of that church, who told Randy Clark, who told us, but he didn't know who that girl was to tell her. But, you know, you may not see results. And so just keep praying. She wanted to stop. But the Holy Spirit said, not yet. If, this is my experience, if you don't see healing, like we had some deliverance things that we weren't seeing healing. So I asked a team member to come and help, ask for help. And it's amazing what you can do in unity. 
I don't have the whole, you know, package or like, like with Rudy, I didn't know. So ask for help. It's the body of Christ, not the Lone Ranger of Christ. So I will give you prayer five, right? Step five. That reminds me of that. Uh, there was a mother that um, shoved her, her young teenage daughter in my face and said, pray for her. <laughs> and there wasn't anything wrong with her. And the girl just stood there rebellious. And so I started praying in tongues. And then as I do that, God gives me a word. And that's, that's something that's just kind of the last two years been working for me. And, and tongues will give you, they, God will give you the interpretation of your tongue, tongues. So I started praying in tongues and I started telling her stuff about how God felt about her. And then I said about, I touched her mouth. I didn't know that she was a singer. And, uh, so, uh, I said, God loves your singing and so on. Do you sing? And everybody now is going berserk. Oh yes, she does. You know, the mom and sisters are jumping around and she started to relax. And the more she relaxed, the more words that God gave me. And then that was the mother and the daughter that brought the whole family around. And then eventually the interpreter's husband, uh, because I didn't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit was there to tell me to tell them how God was feeling. So that actually wasn't uh, physical healing. That was emotional healing. Um, another thing is that secret societies, if anybody in your family or you belong to a secret society like Freemasons, that can bring the biggest curse on your family and you. And so sometimes we... In, I've gone to, I've, I've gone to classes taught how you to work somebody through a deliverance. That's one of the questions they ask. So that can pop up in your. Uh, God may say to you, secret society, and then you can ask them, do you or does your grandfather and so on. I belong to a prayer group. Uh, Marty and I do up in Flint. And out of the nine people, about seven of them had relatives that were Freemasons, and they were mad at me the first half hour. There's nothing wrong with Freemasons. And so I did my homework, and I brought in the paperwork and on all the oaths that they take and how demonic it is and the 33 steps and, and how the, they really are adoring Satan and not Jesus and so on. So know that. Okay. Uh, fast five. Uh, now you're done. You're done praying. And so you, number one, you encourage the person to, to thank God and to walk a good walk. And you m might um, have memorized some really, really good scriptures. Uh, the second thing is if it's a lifestyle that you think has to be changed, uh, you encourage them to change their lifestyle, say uh, cigarettes or, you know, wanting to be gay or whatever. Uh, three, uh, if they're not healed, you never ever accuse them of anything or shame them or tell them this is the, this is the worst thing of all, that they have lack of faith or maybe there's sin in their life. Churches actually used to do that. Um, you don't do that. It, that's none of your business. 
God has brought you there to help them as far as you could take them. And you just encourage them to come back again and get more prayer or get into the Bible uh, or find somebody that can uh, pray with them daily over the phone or whatever. And um, if you think that they might go back into their habit, you warn them that if they feel they're going to go back into a bad habit, that all they have to do is repent quickly and then cry out to God for help. And that's it. 